Hi guys, this is Oliver Cookson and welcome to Bootstrap Your Life. This is episode three. And once again, I'll be selecting a question from one of you guys and looking to answer it in this podcast. So today's question is from Martin McGarry. So thanks Martin for contacting me. I've selected this question as it's been asked a lot of times. So it's something which stood out and I guess it's something that obviously a lot of people want to know. So the question is, is it still possible to succeed on a low startup budget or are all the rags to riches opportunities done? So essentially, is there still opportunity to bootstrap a business or have all the opportunities been taken? So the answer is an absolute yes, of course it is. There's no absolutely no doubt whatsoever in my mind that you can still find a business or a niche to start a business on a low budget or bootstrap a business without any shadow of a doubt. I'm that certain that I think in five years time from now, so in 2025, I think we'll be sat here or we'll be sat wherever we're sat and there will be certainly businesses that are launched in 2020 that will have been bootstrapped from 2020 and in five years time there'll be a fast growing SME. I have absolutely no doubt in that. Of course, the next question following on from that is what market will it be in or what do I feel it will be in? Obviously, I can't really answer that definitively and it's just my opinion, but I would say it would be something to do with COVID, something that COVID has been a catalyst for. So whether that is remote working, it's more home fitness based or just outdoors fitness based, or I've seen some very interesting businesses in the medical sector. When I say medical, I mean healthcare in general, so hospitals, doctors and such like. I'll come back to that point a little bit later on. A question I have been asked a few times, which is relevant, is do you think my protein could be started now in 2020? I I don't believe it could, to be fair, not in a bootstrapped capacity. And even if there's some serious funding behind it, I believe the market is so saturated, it just wouldn't be possible unless there is a strong niche or a strong USP with the product offering or the brand. One issue you get when a market gets a strong market leader, as my protein is today in the sports nutrition space, is when smaller rivals start up and if they've got a really cool idea, typically the big boys or the leader or or one of the big brands will, will basically replicate the idea and then roll it out to their millions of customers and effectively wiping out the smaller competition. We've seen this a lot in in social media. For example, Facebook, now that big, no one can really start a social platform unless they really have some cool IP or they really get some strong traction day one. Or obviously, with TikTok's case, if they're owned by the Chinese government. But with things like Snapchat stories, you saw Facebook copy that in Instagram, with Instagram stories, which is decimated the 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 use of snapchat and i think basically the same principles apply across all market verticals so if if those smaller guys come in the big guys will just copy it and roll it out quicker than the small guys can get enough traction having said that i'm still a huge advocate of bootstrapping and i strongly believe it is the best way for an owner to build a business you maintain full control 100 equity and you can be in control of your absolute own destiny However, I do appreciate there is some businesses where you do need to have that turbo boost at the start because the runway is not long enough to get the traction. So there is occasions when bootstrapping might not be, might not be viable, 
but always, in my opinion, you should always try and bootstrap or that should be the first possible way of doing it, not getting finance or funding. I think now is a great time to to try and bootstrap a business or try and start up your own business as, as I covered in my previous podcast. The current government funding for startups due to COVID is quite poor. The only one I've seen of note to startups is for businesses that have already had investment of £250,000. So to get that sort of investment, you obviously need to have a viable business or a more mature business than an absolute startup. So I do believe that this could force people down the path of building a lean business at the start, self-funding and keeping 100% equity. So if you're sat at home and you're thinking, okay, should I make this jump? This is probably one of the biggest questions to get asked which I'll just go off on a slight tangent with. But I'm thinking of making the jump from my my 9 till 5 and starting my own business. And people say, how do I do it? Obviously, it's it's not a question I can answer in, in a few minutes or even a few hours. However, I think by listening to these podcasts and when my book comes out, they, they will definitely help. But in terms of just some top tips now, which I'll cover later in a, a further podcast, but I think the key thing is, Get a strong, strong, strong USP and make sure that that you differentiate in some way from the competitors out there. You do need to stand out to make yourself loud and shout. Otherwise, you will get lost in the noise, especially online these days as there's so many online businesses. So that's the number one. Number two is be prepared to work 12, 16 hours a day, every day. If you're not committed to that for the first two, three, four, five years, then the business will, will simply not grow where you want it to go. So just be absolutely willing to commit your life effectively for the forthcoming years. And finally, the third point is a mindset point, but a very important one, I believe. So when you're going to do something out of the ordinary, you always get that little voice in your head saying, what if this happens or that will happen or some sort of negative little voice, which is effectively fear, putting doubt in your mind. That's just your mind playing games with you so you do need to dampen those thoughts it's not an easy process and there's lots of different techniques online to help but meditation's one controlling your thoughts understanding that they are just thoughts is is a whole new it's a whole book you could write on this so i won't go too far into it but learning that skill and remembering that fear is a liar and you just need to drive forward and and not be reckless you know everything needs to be considered and not just jump off a cliff and think you can fly but just for those little lingering doubts and those little nagging noises that come into your mind that are just trying to put you off your stride, stride through them and just just believe in your idea and believe in yourself. So if you've got the idea, you've got yourself because you get, you've got the idea because you've come up with the USP. You've got the plan, you've got the product, you've got the, the market that you want to attack. So that's great. If you've got a big tick in that box, that's great. Then you've got you. You've committed to this project. You've committed to put the hours in. You're committed to make this work. And then three... You're not going to let anything get in your way. You've got the mindset, you're strong, you've got the shield up. You're not going to let those nagging doubts or it could even be people who are trying to bring you down. And people will try and bring you down. A lot of people, maybe because they're just having the nagging doubts and they're worried for you. Maybe it's because of jealousy. All these things happen. So you just need to be very laser focused and strong minded and, and go for it. So once you've got those three key components, then I believe you can, you know, you can, you can make things happen. So... They'll be my three top tips, but as I say, um, I'll probably cover this in another podcast in more depth, and and it is something I go into real deep dive into in my book. 
So just to recap those three key pillars for me, for having the the right components to you know to complete a rags to riches or just for any to riches story. So number one is a brilliant idea that has a clear strong USP. It is disruptive in an existing successful sector. That is for absolute maximum effect. It doesn't always have to be disruptive, but to really make waves then. It's always better to have an existing marketplace because there's there's consumers out there already. If you're creating a new marketplace, it needs a big piece of education around it as well to help usher people into the market, if you like. But if it's an existing marketplace, like, for example, Uber with taxis, so there was obviously a need for people to get from A to B via a taxi, and Uber came in and disrupted that with their service, and there's a huge market there already. That's why it could grow so quick. Two would be a complete, total, holistic Conscious and subconscious belief in yourself and you being a brilliant success. So what I mean by that is you absolutely believe in yourself consciously when you're when you're awake. You have absolutely no doubts that you'll deliver. And then also subconsciously. So you're not letting those negative little thoughts come in. Even from within, you can actually push everything else away. So yeah, this isn't something that can happen easily, but it does need training. But there's, there's tons of books out there. And as, as I say, I'll come and feature them in future podcasts and the book. And finally, the third thing, which are all equally as important, is an absolute unrivaled drive, determination, and relentless work ethic to execute your plan and your goals. I wouldn't like to put any of those three in order of importance. I think they're all absolutely equal and all key to actually delivering the, the final goal. If you had maybe one of the three, I don't, I'm not sure if you'd be successful. I think you need all three to make it a success. I'm sure you could be, and this is where maybe it's good to partner with other people who have those other skill sets. Potentially, I'm not a massive fan of partnerships in business. I'm not sure they work. However, that's another topic. Um, but in terms of covering your skill set, if you believe you can't add one of those things, then that's maybe where you then do look outside and see if there's someone else you can bring in to the mix to help cover those weaknesses. But those three key pillars are absolutely crucial to being a success. So another question which I get asked, which is relevant and related to this topic, is around what would I do if I was looking to start something in 2020 with limited funds? What would I do now? Obviously, it's a hypothetical question, but I can answer it in the best objective way that I can. For me, it would have to be tech. It'd have to be tech-based. It's an absolute true passion of mine since a very young age when I first had an Amstrad CPC 464, I think it was called, um, and that's that's what got my bug. And then I progressed into, into PCs, into Linux, into MS-DOS, Windows 3.1 was it? I can't remember exactly. But the um, but yeah, so I used to buy and sell computers in a free ad paper called Loot, which was a, a paper then because it wasn't actually online. It was, I think it was 95, something around then, maybe 94. So I used to buy buy old PCs, upcycle them by putting new more RAM in or a bigger hard drive or a nicer monitor or whatever it was, and then resell. So I was doing this when I was 13, 14, 15, and it was a, you know, it, it was a, a nice little side earner for a for a kid of that age. And it taught me a lot about PCs, obviously. And it was actually successful because I, I think the, a good metric for that would be that I got banned from the free ads paper because my activity was not of a personal usage. And at 13, 14, 15, I was too young to um, have a commercial account. So that was the end of that. But since then, I moved into, 
actually my job being in, in computers. So I did a modern apprenticeship when I left school at 16 and effectively was a software developer for, for two, three years, a junior software developer, of course. But I learned the ropes there. And then in 1999, I was a contractor for web development. So I was a cold fusion web developer from 99. So I've been involved in the tech world for over 20 years. I've been involved building websites and nuts and bolts building websites for over 20 years as well. So I think it's a passion of mine. It's something I'm good at. Uh, you know, I believe I'm, I'm very strong in that area. However, I've not coded for a long time, but I understand the fundamentals still. And to be honest, the fundamentals of coding, the, the systematic approach to things is something I apply in business a lot. And I think it works very well, process-driven, systematics. And these are all core skills which can be applied to a business for sure. So in short, I've got quite a rounded skill set now with the development back then, the CEO of recent years, and the consumer experience as well. So that gives me a strong set of skills to apply to a business. And whilst I'm always open to learning new skills and very much in that mindset, I think you should always try and stick to your core skills if possible and try and just diversify slightly. So it's more of an evolution rather than a revolution. However, look, if you're looking to jump from one sector to a completely different sector, I'm not saying don't do that and I'd hate to to put a dampener on that but obviously it's going to be a lot harder task to do unless the skills are transferable when you know many businesses they are but even if they're not you know if you've got a great idea in a completely different area and you're passionate about it then you know you should go ahead however for me I want to stick to my core skills which are around web online consumer and tech so that's something I could really develop on so what business would I do if you ask me today look it could change next week um but if you would ask me today what business I would do, and I'm not saying I would do this now, but if I was in the position where I needed to effectively to, to or really wanted my own business to start up, I'm obviously in a different position now, so I don't need to do that. And it's not my interest to create another startup at this time anyway. But what I would do is look at the healthcare sector. I think it's prime for disruption. Obviously, the NHS has gone through a terrible time and you know really felt the strain. I think the, a lot of that strain can be taken off the NHS by moving online. And I've seen a couple of businesses that are, are doing that. And I think there's still more opportunity to do that better. And if it can help the healthcare industry, then great, you know, as long as it's done in an ethical way. But I believe there's a lot of opportunity in that space to make it more virtual and more online. On the flip side, it's not an easy sector to get involved with. There's lots of governance, lots of red tape for obvious reasons. But that's, that's one which is prior for disruption. If it wasn't that area because of those reasons, then it would have to be an, an area which was prior for disruption. I can't give you any more examples off the top of my head, but there, is, there will be some out there. Even if it can be a niche market, then it's still a good place to be because disruption is the way you will make the waves. So I do think there's um, a question I've asked myself doing this podcast is how do you spot a new market and how do you analyze if that market is the right market to be in of course there's no absolute set way of doing it it does need a, a an element of subjectivity however i do feel i can add value to this question so maybe that's a question you'll want to ask or maybe i'll just ask it myself maybe in a future podcast or cover it in some way in a post or something because i think there's some there's some tips i can add around that question Okay, guys, well, I've come to the end of this podcast now. So 
it's gone a little bit over where I usually go, but I hopefully there's some there's some good lessons and learns in there. If so, please do subscribe. And if you found it useful, please leave me a rating and hopefully it'll be a good one. So more people can, can find this podcast and hopefully benefit from it as well. Okay, well, take care of yourselves and I will speak to you guys soon. Bye-bye.